Today we're talking about mission. Mission. And some missions are impossible. But lots of missions are possible, right? And so I'm sure all of you have been involved with some group or organization that has had like their mission statement, right? And some mission statements are just empowering. And other mission statements are just a mess, right? And the worst thing, which is common with a lot of organizations, is they have a mission statement that means like nothing, right? So they have something cool, and they'll spend like a week designing this mission statement, and then when they're all done, they have no idea what the mission statement means. It has some fancy words, and they do something about it, but what exactly, they're not quite sure, and they've turned themselves into an impossible mission. But in our gospel reading for today, Jesus sends people out on a mission. And it sounds like an impossible mission when he sends them out. And so what I'd like to do today is talk about mission in terms of this text and see what it means for this congregation as we move forward in 2018. So Jesus calls his disciples together. And we're used to hearing the word disciples. We think about, well, there's 12 guys, right? There's 12 disciples, right? There's Matthew, and there's Mark, and there's all, right? And there's, no, no there wasn't Mark. There's Peter, right? 12 disciples. But in this text here, he's like, no, there's 72 disciples. Do you know that? Usually in the Gospels, we've got Jesus and his 12, right? And then we've got the crowd. That's what we hear about most often. But this text is a little different. And we hear that there's lots of people following Jesus. Twelve of them are super special, but there's lots of others. And who are they? No idea. We have no clue. We do know that after Jesus dies on the cross and ascends into heaven, the gospel and the Christian church spreads like wildfire throughout the Roman Empire. It's not just because of those twelve disciples. It's not. They couldn't have done it all by themselves. Those 72 had been a part of it. In fact, we know that very early on, by 50 AD, the gospel had reached Rome. And we have no idea how. Paul shows up in Rome. There are churches, churches, plural, already in the massive city of Rome. And we're not sure how they got there. It wasn't one of the 12 disciples. My guess, it's one of those 72. Good choice, good chance of it. Good chance, we don't know for sure. So Jesus sends out 72 in groups of two. And he says, Jesus says to them, you're going to be like lambs among wolves. That is an impossible mission. You're going to be like lambs among wolves. Have fun. We'll see you when you get back. You're like, oh, I don't think, I don't want to volunteer for this mission. That sounds dangerous. And Jesus makes it even harder on them. He says you're going to be like lambs among wolves. No, by the way, take nothing for the journey. Nothing. Nothing extra. That's it. You're going to trust me completely. You have no other choice. He sends them out and then he amps up the level of difficulty. This is an impossible mission. He sends them out to proclaim the reigning of God. They are to proclaim the reigning of God and they are to be focused on their mission. They are to be so focused that they are not to greet anyone on the road. Which you think is kind of a weird thing, kind of rude. Like in our culture, we'd be like, I'm going to greet people on the road. But in that culture, to greet someone on the road wasn't just to like, hey, how you doing? Oh, nice to meet you. Okay, 
hope you're doing great and walk on. You, if you greet someone on the road, it was a long deal. You couldn't, you'd talk about their family. It'd be a long deal. I remember when uh, we were in Cuba three years ago, and uh, my translator, uh, his mom's family, lived in the town where we were at. And I said to him, hey, let's, we got some time. Let's go and stop and say hi to your aunts and uncles who live here. Stop and say hi. He goes, no, 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 no. This is Cuba. You don't stop and say hi. You stop and say hi and stay the rest of the day. So we have a mission. We're here to talk about Jesus. I can't see my family. It'll take all day. So Jesus says to these 72, do not greet anyone on the road because you've got a mission. And he sends them out. And they are to bring the reigning of Jesus to the world. They are sent in Jesus' name and in Jesus' power. That's how he sends them out. And they soon discover that the impossible mission is not impossible. They come back and report to Jesus, even the demons submit to us in your name. My friends, that's power. That when the church is sent out in the power and in the name of Jesus, evil flees. They're sent out in the name and in the power of Jesus. And they come back and they tell Jesus, we thought you sent us out on an impossible mission. But we found just the opposite. That when we were with you, when we claimed your name, when we trusted in you, we found this impossible mission was completely possible because we were joining you on your mission. And Jesus says to him, great, I'm glad you figured that out. I'm glad I had to amp up the level of difficulty so you'd actually trust. But do not rejoice that demons submit to you, but rather rejoice in this simple fact. That your names are written in heaven. Because Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, is going to go to the cross and die for your sin and rise to the grave for you. My friends, you are the 72. You're the 72. Because the impossible mission of God continues to this day. And Jesus sends out his church, you, the 72, the nameless people who are not part of that 12 and will never be written in any book anywhere. But he sends you out in his name to a world that's dying without Jesus. God's given you an impossible mission. But because of him, it's possible. In 2017, God sent this church out on an impossible mission. So I want to share with you some of the things God did in 2017. In 2017, God sent a church, a team from this church down to Houston. And you know what we accomplished? Very, very little. It's a mess down there. But we shared the reigning of God in those few homes we were able to touch. We came back and reported the story of what we did. We talked about Audie's family. If you remember Audie and his uh, six kids, 
lost everything, and you were so touched, you gave offerings, you gave special designated gifts, and we adopted Adi's family for uh, Christmas presents, and thanks to you and God's working in his impossible mission, we sent over $8,000 worth of aid down to Adi's family. Eight, did you know that? Eight grand. Yeah, give yourself a hand. That's pretty cool. We're sending two teams to Cuba this year because one was just too easy. So we're sending a team in April. That team is full. We're sending another team in June, and we still have some spots available for that team in June. And we keep people keep coming to us saying, "I want to go back. I've been to Cuba once. I want to go back." I have to say, no, because we want to send new people. Because you already know the mission is possible. We want to send people who think the mission is impossible. And so if you haven't gone to Cuba before and you're curious, talk to me after the service. We'll help send you. Because the Cuba team has already raised, over this past year, over $30,000 to send two teams to Cuba. Yeah. That's huge. So big, big shout out to Julie Nelson, Ann Swanstrom, Jana Toma, Nate Hall, uh, Stacy Jones, uh, they are just on fire because they've been sent out in the power and name of Jesus. And they realized what we thought was impossible is actually possible. We've uh, donated, organized, and delivered 74 gift baskets to seniors, senior citizens in our community. I say seniors, and Matthew's like, seniors? Like high school seniors? Where are we getting? No, senior <laughs> citizens. Getting gift baskets to them. 74. And you guys did that, thanks to Elmer and Bev. So, awesome. We're serving kids uh, in Eagle County. Our middle school group has uh, 16 kids in it, which is the highest we've ever had in 16 years. And that's a huge part of Janie and Stacy, who are doing phenomenal with that group. In 2017, we took a big step. You took a big step. And you adopted a budget that we did not have money for. And you said, we're going to bring on two more people to our staff. We're going to bring on a children's ministry leader. And we're going to bring on a full-time uh, high school leader and worship leader. And um, we didn't have the money to do it. And guess what? God worked it out. And uh, they've done a phenomenal job. Since they've joined the team here... Uh, Sunday morning attendance has increased 10% since they joined. Did you know that? Christian and Matthew. And so at our voters meeting today, we're taking a huge step. Because right now, um, Matthew, he's an intern, which means he's really cheap. <laughs> i got to be honest. And he's really cheap thanks to uh, Lana who hosted him for six months, and then Topper and Bobby are hosting him for the next six months of his internship. But um, uh, they want their homes back eventually, right? And so Matthew would like to actually have his own place. And so we actually have to pay him to call him on board here. And that's what we'd like to do. Now the big step at our voters meeting is to ask the voters to take another leap of faith and say, we want to bring Matthew on board full-time. We call him full-time to serve uh, Jesus, this community, and this world through this church, through you. 
And so when Matthew's internship ends at the end of June, he's uh, essentially he's like a free agent. And so um, he has the ability to say, yes, I'm going to stay here, or I think I want to go somewhere else. He can do that, right? That's how the internship process works. And so what we'd like to do today is at a voters meeting say, you know what? We're going to make, uh, we're, we're going to do what we can to say, Matthew, I want you to stay. Because he's done a phenomenal job for kids. He's done a phenomenal job for the worship team and leading us into God's presence in worship. And so that's going to be taking place at our voters meeting today. In 2018, the mission of God continues. It continues as we reach out to more people in different ways in our community. Uh, huge thanks to Scott and Sandy and Suzanne. We're starting Grief Share. And uh, we've already gotten a phone call from a lady in New Hampshire who heard about our group through the Grief Share website. And her daughter lives in the valley, and she asked us to contact her daughter so her daughter could, could grieve with people who love Jesus. And there's a huge need for that in the valley. It's absolutely huge. We're sending two teams to Cuba. We want to bring on Matthew full time and say, you know what, Matthew, the need for high schoolers in this valley is huge. Can you imagine being a teenager in our world today? God, we had it so easy back then. Back in the day. Back in the day, we only had five channels. And I was the remote control. It's true, actually. It was easy. These days, it's tough. It's tough. And so we want to be a place where high school students, where middle school students, where elementary school students can go and say, at that place I know Jesus loves me, this I know if the Bible tells me so. That's our mission. And if I could sum up our mission in this, I'd say this, our mission is to be broken. Our mission here is to be broken. That we're broken so completely that we have nothing to rely on except the grace of Jesus Christ. That we're broken so completely that we have nothing to rely on except the power of Jesus Christ. That God makes the mission here so impossible that we have no other option other than to rely on Jesus. That he's our only hope and the only one we need. And that we'd be so broken, that we'd be broken for the broken. That we'd be broken for those who don't know Jesus Christ yet. That we'd be broken for high schoolers who are struggling in a confusing and complex world. That we'd be broken for middle schoolers who are wondering what they're getting into and figuring out who exactly they are. And we say, you know what? You are a beloved child of God. That's who you are. That we're broken for our little ones who are just exploring a world that is more dangerous than we ever had it when, they were, when we were their age. That we're broken for the depressed. That we're broken for the suffering. That we're broken for seniors who are lonely. That our hearts are broken for the broken. Because that's our mission. 
I'll show you a real fast clip about mission. Joy, 
Let's pray.